Filmmaker Commentary, episode 193. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary, where we cover movies with commentaries from directors who take the time to record them on Blu-ray and DVDs. We also give our detailed insights, so look out for spoilers. We discuss the latest in showbiz news along with movies and TV shows that we've been watching. So join Reginald Titus Jr. That's me. And Casey G. Smith. That's me. Every week here on Filmmaker Commentary. Welcome to another episode of Filmmaker Commentary. I'm Reginald Titus Jr. I'm joined with Casey G. Smith. Welcome back, sir. Good to be back, sir. And today we're talking about Lethal Weapon 3, 1992, directed by Richard Donner. And uh, this one, what was the budget on this one? Did the budget get bigger and bigger? The budget did expand <laughs> for Lethal Weapon 3, came in at a $35 million budget and grossed worldwide a total of $322 Holy million. Holy I got it. This is how you do sequels. Yeah. Steady, steady increase. So I think the first one was what, 15 million? And then the next one was like 20 to 25. And then here we are at 30 to 35. And respectively, everyone, the first one was like 100 million gross, second like 200, and this one's 300. Yeah. This is very responsible filmmaking. Yeah. The last one was 28 million, 28 million box office, excuse me, 20 million budget, 228 million box office. And the first one was. Yeah, fifteen million box office, one hundred and twenty million. Excuse me, fifteen million budget, mm-hmm. one hundred twenty million box office. So it's 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 been very consistent, and the increase has been like just enough to justify the the next big jump. So, dude, yeah, impressive. This, this, yeah, that's very responsible because I mean they could have easily just went fifty million or seventy five. It's like they go up ten 50. million. They could at least did fifty. It's like they go up ten million and make another hundred million. Yeah. That's uh, that's uh, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, did it win any uh, awards, or what was the sentiment at the time? So the sentiment was that it, it, it was uh, had quite quite the buzz. Obviously, did very well at the box office from a uh, from an award standpoint. No major awards. There was a they did win a BMI Film and TV Awards for. Uh, for music that was by mm-hmm. Eric Clapton, Michael Carmen, and David Sanborn. But they've, the, I think, all three of them, or at least two of them, Eric Clapton and I think Michael Carmen, have been working on the soundtracks. Or Michael Kamen, excuse me, but working on the soundtracks since the first, first Lethal Weapon. They did win a MTV Movie and TV Award. They won for Best Action Sequence with Mel Gibson. And they also won for best on-screen duo with, of course, Danny Glover and Mel Gibson. Okay, I can dig it. It was pop, man, pop culture, right? Oh yeah. And you got Pesci in there. You know, it's. Um, I'm trying to remember when was it Goodfellas? Was it Goodfellas? Um, I don't, I'm trying to remember the year that one dropped. You know, but it feels like this is around that time. Um, as you know, Pesci star grows. Um. Just kind of funny. See him as uh, the comedy guy, the comedic, comedic relief. Goodfellas came out in 1990, so just two years prior. Ah, so, so yeah, so you had a little bit of adjusting. That's kind of cool. So, like uh, you said, it was 90, so 89 was the last Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. Then 90, boom, Goodfellas. Then 
Wait, that's Joe Pesci. You know, that's <laughs> that ain't just the, the little guy, annoying guy. That's Joe Pesci now. Oh yeah, and it's kind of funny how they got him squiggled in on the key art. Now it's like it says Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, and it's and Joe, and Joe Pesci. It, like to the point where his star was rising. So it was like uh, we literally had the key. We got to like draw him in. Like he he doesn't look part of the picture. Right, like, like photoshopped him. Yeah, in. he's photoshopped in because uh, when you look at the different key art, the first lethal weapon is. Danny Glover has the gun, but Mel Gibson doesn't. But Mel Gibson's in the front, Danny Glover's in the back. Second one, Mel Gibson has the gun, but Danny Glover does not have the gun. Same kind of similar pose. This one, we're equal. We both have a gun, you know? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, so we both have the guns. You know, Mel Gibson's shoulder is out front. You know, all that, all that stuff is important. Like, who, who's going to be the one that's out front? Is it my shoulder? Yes, or does it? You know, who's going to be the one? Uh, Mel Gibson's still out front, but then you got Pesci kind of leaning over both shoulders like, hey, don't forget about me kind of character. So interesting, man. All that stuff is very, very important. Um, good. Cool. Cool. Cool to see all that kind of come together. But that's that's Joe F. and Pesci. You know what I'm saying? Um, but anyhow, before we talk further about Lethal Weapon 3, let's talk about TV news and movies. Why? So in the news, according to The Wrap, WWE founder Vince McMahon resigns following sex assault suit. Following a suit Thursday asserting that Vince McMahon sexually assaulted and trafficked former WWE employee Janelle Grant, the WWE founder has resigned from his role as chairman of parent company TKO Group Holdings, according to an email from WWE President Nick Khan shared with The Wrap. TKO Group was created as the new parent company of WWE in its merger last year with UFC. I want to inform you that Vince McMahon has tendered his resignation from his position as TKO Executive Chairman and on the TKO Board of Directors. Khan wrote an email to staff on Friday. He will no longer have a role with the TKO Group Holdings or WWE. I stand by my prior statement that Mrs. Grant's lawsuit is replete with lies, obscene, made-up instances that never occurred and is a vindictive distortion of the truth, McMahon said in a statement. I intend to vigorously defend myself against these baseless accusations. Dang. I wonder what year this happened in. Human. Anytime you do like human trafficking, things like that, you're nuclear and everybody is going to run away from you. Um, we've seen Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein and all that, that big debacle and all that stuff going down. Anything related to trafficking, anything. Yeah, this has been popping up like everywhere in this past week. Um, yeah, there's there's all kinds of stuff behind it and, and other people potentially tied to it. Like I've heard names like a guy named John Laurinaitis who who used to wrestle over in Japan as a guy named Johnny Ace, but he became a talent developer for WWE. He's also the brother of uh, former Road Warrior uh, Animal. Um, but his his name like popped up in it. I don't, I'm, 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 I don't know. I don't want to create hearsay, but yeah, there may be some other names involved. I mean, we say allegedly when we're in the media. Yeah, we right, say allegedly. allegedly. Uh, yeah, all these, these, accusa- these are accusations. Yeah. But again, it's wild because, you know, Vince just, just so, you know, sold the WWE and, you know, made some good money off of it. But it's like his second time stepping down because there were accusations like several years ago of hush money paid to someone that he had. 
yeah, had, had, had allegations or or what? You know, there was yeah this hush money scandal. He had yeah. stepped down and stepped away for a while, and like, and so okay. then this this deal this merger goes down, and he makes he makes out very very well. Yeah, and the, uh, now stepping down again. It's like, the person that he allegedly trafficked is um it, is it a person that's actual wrestler is See, a lady that, that that i don't i don't know because i think i think if it if it had been they would have uh said like former superstar oh, okay or, yeah, or this or, is bad um, yeah and, and and i saw some some other article that mentioned that that she had mentioned that she was like something about her father having just passed away or something like that and she was in a vulnerable place i, I don't know these all these are you know the allegations that that are out there but they're pretty uh Hey man, is it pretty it's, strong? And and again, the fact the man has totally stepped down from his from his position for now. The second not, time, yeah. Um, and then um, was he found guilty of the first thing, or was he just kind of laying low, kind of thing, and nothing went to court? See, I don't remember if it went to court or okay. or not, but it was I based know, on money. Money went out based on his reputation. It's. In my opinion, not even a surprise. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the trafficking, you know, it being, you know, unfaithful or infidelity or whatever, that that doesn't surprise. But, like, trafficking, like that 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 term being used, that's like, whoa, that's... Yeah, anytime you, you cross... That's different. Any, when you like start level. crossing borderlines, state borderlines, that's when it becomes that. Like, like, selling, like selling somebody? Like, that's... Absolutely. It's a... Uh, and that's wow. the business that... You're kind of in anyway <laughs> uh, with the body of, um, when you're dealing with dealing what they call it. Uh, what's his name from UFC? Uh, Dana, is it Dana White? Yeah. Dana White. You're kind of the business of flesh. And so because um, dealing with fighting. But, you know, with this, it's, yeah, it's a little different. But that's different. When it's not not it's consenting. A, you know, huh. people, when people sign contracts with WWE or UFC, that's they, they consent to that. This is some you know non consensual well, I mean, thing. That's a yeah. I just mean the service of you know you know putting a fight together that you're dealing in with flesh. I, I'm that's, sorry, that's, not, that's not the same. That's not the same. No, no. Thing. I'm talking about I'm talking about wrestling and fighting. Right. I, I, yeah. I get that, but that's but yeah. So nonetheless, that's man. That's it's wild because it's now again. It's it's popping popping up just like everywhere. First, I saw for the first couple things on, on on YouTube, but now even today, like in my Google feed, like like it's mm-hmm. just. Popping yeah. up everywhere. So a, anyway, a lot of people are coming down. You know, I don't know if you um, are aware of the like the Puff Daddy, uh, Sean, all the stuff that's going on with him, right? Yeah, with his alleged crimes and uh, with multimillionaires and billionaires, it's you know a lot of people got away with a lot of stuff um, mm-hmm. over these years, and that that's kind of our society. Is like if you're rich, you get you got a, the money, you got the power. you can do you can do whatever you want. And we kind of know that. There's actual videos showing that. If you're a poor guy, how a woman treats you versus if you have money and then how they're willing to do whatever just yeah. because you have money. And we all know that. And so we're just the kind of society that we're in. Yeah, that's um, that's unfortunate, but that it is true. We know it's true. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. But nonetheless, so um, Dang, I didn't know that was going down, though. I had no idea. Neither did I. Like, it was a, a shock to me again when when they said like trafficking. If it had been like just a, a quote unquote sex scandal that oh he had paid somebody hush money or something, I'm like, you know, that's unfortunate. But that that wouldn't have been surprising. But when they said like trafficking, I was like, uh, what? And then the list just recently dropped of the Jeffrey Epstein and all the people that were on the list of oh people going to his island. Yep. And so, uh, oh, because they got they got his 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 lady. What's her name? 
Uh, Glenn Maxwell, yeah. 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 She's locked up 40 years or so. Flip. She, she flipped they got more. She had to. It's very interesting yeah. things they got going on. Gosh. Man. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, from the flight logs, uh, the flight logs going to the mm. the Pedo Island. Um, very prominent people in our society are on that list. Mm. Inventors, scientists, government people, celebrities. Mm. Mm. Yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, so that's all I had for news. <laughs> that was yeah. dark. That was dark. Sorry, I didn't have a, another another uh, anything uh, a little lighter. Uh, a, pu- a, a puff piece to any pop, uh, got any pop culture help? What about box office? Anything going on good there? Give us some hope. Uh, let's see <laughs> for humanity. <laughs> um, I know that Mean Girls, Mean Girls, and the Beekeeper were kind of duking it out at oh, the box okay. office. They redid uh, it. But it was a slower. Yes, they did. Yep, they redid uh-huh. Mean Girls. But uh-huh. it was but it was a slower. Like January was kind of winding down a little slower. But those two films were kind of going at it for uh, box office day. For the, the weekend. Okay. Okay. Like you did it. Um, what you been watching, man? Uh, as far as what I've been watching, so not not a whole lot. But I did. Actually, you know, there's two things that I, I, I watched. One. So there is on Hulu, there is a show called The Dark Side of Wrestling. Uh-oh. And it's it's one of my favorite docu-series out there. Clearly, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, of yeah. pro wrestling. The dark uh, side. But the, but the business side aspect of it interests me. How, how, how these people not only dedicate themselves to the trade of, of pro wrestling, but build their characters. And then, and then there's the stuff that happens behind the scenes, like, like, like you were saying, for the business of flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched an episode that dealt with um, a Japanese promotion called FMW, which did, stands for Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling. Nice. I'll give you some context, like how I even know about this. Okay. So back in high school, uh, one day just on the internet, on, on the internet. Dang, in high school? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because the internet was kind of like early. early. You had to day. go to the you had to go to the computer lab like, to be on the yeah, internet. Like Google wasn't even around yet. That's right. Know? That's we're right. Updating myself. Keep it real. We have to use search engines like Lycos Ooh. and Hotbot. Yikes! You know, Net Zero. Oh yeah. So on the internet, the straight dial up. <laughs> you know the whole nine. But somehow I end up seeing a review for like this this video game, and it's like a, a wow. Japanese video game. And I'm reading the description, and it says like it's got all these wrestlers from around the world, but it's but it's not, um, it's like the copyright is not the same. But but, but the characters are doing the animation moves of of clearly known wrestlers, like like mm-hmm. Ric Flair. Yeah, and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. That was, I was fascinated, so I, I ended up finding the game at the back of a ad. You know, back in the day, you buy video game magazines, and so yeah. I ended up buying this game. It's called Fire Pro. And it absolutely was true. Because I thought it was, I was like, this is too good to be true. <laughs> like, there's no way this game your has, research. has all these freaking wrestlers. I was like, this, this, and so, but I found it. And so I, I bought it. And it's called, <laughs> you ready for the name? Fire Pro Wrestling Six Man Scramble S. S stands for the Sega Saturn. That's the system that I brought it for. And this was uh, a this was a Japanese Sega game. Saturn? Sega Saturn. This was I haven't Sega's, heard that in a while. Yeah. We did see a Saturn in the movie. That we watched Lethal Weapon Three, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but so okay, nonetheless. So within this game, like it had true, to, true to the advertising, true to the, the yeah. review that I read, so it has was true. all these these federations, 
Japanese, American, mm. and even like like old school wrestlers that you could unlock along the way. It was incredible. I spent way too much time <laughs> playing this game in high school. Anyway, so, but they have like the FMW wrestlers in there. Mm -hmm. And so the guy who founded it was a guy named Onita. This guy is, is you could almost call him the grandfather of, of true hardcore wrestling. Like this is the guy that started it. Again, the game was literally in Japanese. I literally had to go and download a translation. I had a whole binder. I was dedicated. I had a whole you binder. Were official. Yeah, it's the only way I could do it. Anyway, so as, as I'm playing this thing, I'm, I'm beginning to watch clips and learn about these people and guys like Hayabusa and uh, Sabu. And so you the, knew all these people because you played the game. And yeah. So you were and like, then I started seeing them in real life. I started seeing them on, on places like ECW. Uh -huh. And I was like, oh, hey, this is the. This yeah. is the guy. Like I was telling and my brother-in-law, Carl, who my brother-in-law now, I was like, bro, this is like, we start to recognize these guys uh -huh. and we start to see them come over to the States and gain popularity. Dang. And so it was, it was cool. To, it was, it was a really weird kind of reverse thing to see guys in a video game who you, you, you knew were real, yeah. but then actually see them in action. Like you like, it, it was kind of a trip. But anyway, so this documentary feel it. gets you to the same way with Mortal Kombat. So. Hey, there you go. There you go. So this, this, this episode was about the FMW, how it was built and like the, the business behind it and how it like Onita, he gets, he, he, he starts off in like new Japan pro, which was like the big, that's like one of the, the big places in Japan where you would wrestle back in the, in the eighties gains notoriety. He comes over to the States for a little while and he, he links up with Terry Funk, who's a, a classic longtime wrestler and they become friends. And then he goes back to Japan, gets injured, has to retire for a small bit, but then comes back and has a match against a real martial arts guy. That's some of the things that happen in Japan. Sometimes you have real martial artists going against wrestlers, and they really go at it. It's what we call a very stiff style. And from there, he starts introducing like these kind of hard crowns, like exploding rings. And there literally was modes in the game with like exploding <laughs> rings, and, like barbed wire. You get electro nah. electrocuted, and nah, fam. Anyway, so. He starts FMW and and I mean bloody like barbed wire matches like guys like Cactus Jack going over there and oh shout like out like you you see guys I mean <laughs> scarred up like guys like Sabu like he gets interviewed and he that guy nuts him and Terry Funk I mean all these guys I think are a little just a little crazy because what they what they would put their bodies through yeah Cactus but, Jack flesh oh man his, but it, his whole forehead was just jacked up you remember seeing that you see guys like Abdullah the Butcher yeah just scar tissue on the forehead just pretty pretty gross but the uh, the episode was very interesting and eventually Onita like explodes he becomes like the third biggest like draw as far as uh, wrestling organization in Japan behind New mm -hmm. Japan Pro and All Japan and, and at his height he retires like, he's smart he's like dude retires and he had he had like just I mean the fans loved this guy, but he retires and they actually they actually are interviewing him on the show, which I thought was so cool. I was like, okay, I actually get to hear this guy like talking. He's he's talking in, ja in you know Japanese, and they got the you know, interpretation. Yeah, man, he's, he's and he's. Yeah, I like he, the cadence of the Japanese. I agree, man. I, I love hearing it. But he's breaking it down, and I see my dude Ricky Fuji again. This guy who I've seen in the game, I've never like heard him talk. He's there talking. I'm like, that's freaking Ricky Fuji. <laughs> anyway, but I was kind of geeking out over some of that stuff, and then they and they, and they talk about my dude Hayabusa. Now this guy Hayabusa, Reginald. This like this guy was like a high flyer. He he had I thought he had the coolest mask and just cool. I I, I really liked Hayabusa. And then I when I, I remember I saw him wrestle for the first time in the states again in ECW against Rob Van Dam and Sabu. And mm -hmm. it was Hayabusa and a guy named Jensai Shinsaki who used to be called Hakushi in WWE. He's a guy he's he's a guy who had tattoos, but shaved head mm -hmm. and tattoos on his face and his body all white. He kind of looked like almost like a priest. I'm with it. But they were a tag team. Dude, they put on one of the 
most badass matches like I I had seen up until that date. Uh, but then sadly, it still breaks my heart, man. Hayabusa, like when Anoki retired, Hayabusa was like then like the next big guy to push to like lead the company. And this guy again, crazy high flyer, but he he went to do a, a an Asai moonsault inside the rings where you, you step on the, the second rope and you kind of do a backflip. Mm. But he, he went, went to do it, but he didn't grab the ropes and then push off. He just went to step and push off and he slips. Mm. And while he's in midair, he... He lands on his neck. Oh. It's so gross. I've watched it one time and I cannot watch it again. Even when I showed it in the, I was like, I had to look away because it, it, he broke his neck oh. and he's he was paralyzed. Oh. And so like this guy's like he was in a wheelchair now. And it was, oh, and it's like this like at the height of his career. He That's was like sad. on this trajectory, so That's he's in a sad. wheelchair. But the dude like puts in the work and. <clears throat> He puts in the work, man, and uh, like years later at a wrestling show, like he's got like you know like the the cane things. He freaking starts walking again, bro, and like it was at this show, and like people were just going crazy. Like Chris Jericho was talking about it, and I was oh man, it gets me emotional, man. I can again, I, I can like relate to this dude like coming back like that, but but then like a couple years later, he out of the blue he dies, like he just passes away. Dang, I'm like. Wait, what? Anyway, but it's 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 kind of sad and tragic. And then like the guy who uh, Anoki sells the company to, he was formerly the ring announcer. Like the the ticket sales begin to go down for FMW. This guy like borrows from some loan sharks, and like he can't. Yeah, and it's like 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 we're talking like yakuza. Like there's like mm. the like like legit yakuza yeah. involved. Mafia, and um, he can't pay the money back, and the guy ends up like committing suicide. Dang. Yeah. Again, they call it dark side of the ring, uh, or dark side of wrestling, and it's it holds Flesh. it holds true too. None of this new allegations are surprising when you start. <sighs> but yeah, that was like I moving was, all the you know know where the bodies the are buried. Bodies. You know, was like, <laughs> you know, it's like it was bad, but it was it was cool because like that guy's daughter and Hayabusa's daughter, they're both in the documentary and they and they kind of speak about their that's fathers. Pretty cool. That's crazy though. It's like, man, the backstories are just as crazy as, you know, the ones that are created. Pro, pro the made up stories, you know. <laughs> pro wrestling is one of the most as much as I love it, it's 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 one of the most tragic forms of entertainment. There's so many people that die young in pro wrestling. It's 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 wild. What's um, the common thread, I wonder? Kind of, uh, drugs are prominent have had been prominent so speaking of that quick say I'll make this one quick another episode I watched dealt with the steroid trials of the 90s Ooh, man those guys had to be swole you know what I'm saying like yeah. he's looking at those dudes you're like what are they on but here's the interesting thing like steroid use wasn't illegal up until a law was passed I didn't know this up until a law was passed like in the early 90s mm-hmm. so these guys using they, they could go to a doctor and, and be prescribed steroids and that was okay until this new law came down. And when that happened, there was one doctor in particular who had worked with the WWE. Mm-hmm. They cracked on this guy because he was straight dealing. He was straight dealing the, dealing the roids. And they yeah. cracked out on him when they saw like Vince McMahon's, Vince McMahon's name list. And that became like, it became the whole thing. But that episode was very interesting. But okay. it was Dark Side of Wrestling. I think that's, I think it's season two or three. What platform? Hulu. Hulu. It's all on Hulu. There, dude, there's, it's some, even if you're not a wrestling fan, like these stories are very interesting. They're tragic, but um, but they're very, very interesting. And it's very, it's very well done. Kudos to Chris Jericho, who's like the producer of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it it's very well done. These are stories that, you know, other places would want you to, to forget and not look at, but no. it's I, like I real like, life. I like that it, it exists. I like those kind of stories. And then on top of that, having people that are 
from the industry producing it because mm-hmm. they have the real connections and network and they got the stories they know and they and they get they get rushed you haven't seen in decades to come out and talk mm-hmm. they got this guy who was to be called the warlord you know mm-hmm. who was said yeah yeah i was yo, using yada yada but yeah i'm like man i haven't seen this guy in a long time but these guys come out and then they'll speak you know speak to what was going down so it's very well done but that, yeah the who, dark side of wrestling there was a one wrestler he would come out and I want to say sparkles. That's what I want to say. <laughs> he was a weird wrestler. Uh, hairspray or gold dust. Uh, yes, gold dust. Sparkles. <laughs> so yes. So I that, have no idea why that's in my brain, but it's that there. was well. That was I mean that character was <laughs> super controversial at the time. Yeah, but that's that's Dustin Rhodes. Uh huh. Um, but that was that was dust. actually that but that was his father Dusty Rhodes the American Dream Dusty Rhodes <laughs> that was his kind of brainchild but that's a whole that's a whole thing like yeah. with that but he still like he still works a modified version of that persona but but you see the character of Goldust develop over time yeah and and it's a it's a it was again it was made to be controversial time and it worked it. Absolutely, yeah, it, I'm like worked. I didn't really watch a whole lot like that. I just know like some of the iconic stuff that happened, mm-hmm. and he was one I remember. Yeah, and of course the Rock. Come on, oh and yeah. Then uh, I had text you about Goldberg. Like Goldberg was my guy for a while. Uh huh. Like I like watching him. Yeah, everybody was on the Goldberg train when yeah. I happened that that run. <laughs> he, yeah. he had like he had like twenty wins. All of a sudden he went up to like a hundred wins. Like wait a minute, one hundred to know. It's like wait, what's going Skipping on? Skipping the line. Yes, sir. But. uh <laughs> But yeah, that's that's been solid. Uh, another thing that I watched that was pretty quick, you know, this is a animated series that it's hard to believe it's been like, pff, man, it's been like three years since this thing dropped because mm-hmm. I was in Houston when I was watching the first part of it. But the the Masters of the Universe, the 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 series that Kevin Smith yeah. brought back on Netflix, right? It, it dropped. He dropped it in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I watched it when it came out, and I was like, dear God. Uh, <laughs> it caused a lot of it caused Dude, a lot of controversy. They roasted Kevin Smith. Yeah, he got he, that. Oh. It was it was over. People had to overreact, but it's oh. like they're like oh because because it was split in two parts, right? The yeah. first part dropped and like you know and spoiler alert, but yeah. He Man dies, quote yeah. unquote. He Man dies, and people were freaking out, you know, and and. But again, it's called that. Was, it was called Revelation. Yeah. And so it reveals a lot of new things about Castle Grayskull and the lore of, of, of the Master of the Universe. Yeah. And 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 the second part, spoiler alert, He-Man comes back. <laughs> Big surprise. The hero returns. Mm. Um, and so people, like, people overreact like, it's part one. Like, you really think he's going to kill He-Man and keep him dead. But people yeah. people want to rage. Dude, they roasted him. Yeah, I saw all, oh. the, all, all that. But so he comes back, second part, and it, 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 it ends fine. Like, okay, cool. Like, mm. you know, uh, Tila... Becomes the new sorceress. It's like it's a it's a little progression of the original animated series. So now we get into the into um, the next part, right? And this is called Master of the Universe Revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the end of Revelation, we see Skeletor. He gets like captured by this like techno organic thing. And that's like mm-hmm. a big theme. Like mm-hmm. the whole thing with He Man is that it's sorcery and technology and they kind of like coexist. But there's a little bit of a, a kind of a tension between those two things mm-hmm. in, in the in Revelation. But this one, five episodes, pretty quick, pretty clean. Some pretty, I thought some pretty cool um, revelations and revolutions within it. But uh, mm. I enjoyed it, and 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 a, and a pretty nice 
payoff. If you did, if you didn't like Revolution, mm. you'll probably excuse me. If you didn't like Revelation, you'll probably like Revolution because it gives it gives a nice a, like a long time payoff for something that people have been waiting for for a while and a uh, and some cool like kind of backstory things. So okay, okay. yeah, but yeah, Master of the Universe Revolution yeah. five episodes, nice and quick, produced by Kevin Smith as well. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, still, okay. still in the mix. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been listening to a lot of his stuff recently. I need to dive back in and kind of see what's been going on because, I mean, he was heartbroken by you know the fans like kind of reaming him, reaming him. But you know, hey, it's part of the game, right? Hollywood. Well, I mean, you deal with like He Man is like the original. He Man's the original. We made this cartoon to sell toys. Yeah, like it was the first. So it 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 has a, a special a kind spot. of place, and you got to treat it hearts. as such. And I think out of all the people, they fit, they felt Kevin Smith was that guy but to they, lead them. But they jumped the gun. I mean, maybe <laughs> if they had dropped it all at once, people could go through and they'd see that He Man came back. But the fact that it ended on a cliffhanger where with with Prince Adam like dead, yeah, it was and that. They were like yeah, it was that, and then kind of like the. You know the, the the whole women thing that a lot of them are. You know they kind of upset about women empowerment and all that. And I was like, to me, I just I, when I was looking at the start, when I was looking at the episode, I was like, oh, I expected more. You know what I mean? Like mm. I just I just you know with so much hype behind it, I was I, just expecting more. Right? They wanted like more more He Man doing He Man. I stuff. don't know what I was expecting. I didn't. I don't know if I even had an expectation. Sure. Um, from that from that standpoint, people like want to see He Man like. Doing more He Man things, yeah. okay, cool, fine. I could, I can concede to that. Like uh-huh. there, but it was this was telling a, a bigger, a bigger story, and this this continues part of that. Like there's mm-hmm. still more going on, but it's like um, it's take it's taken it's taken the the child cartoon and it's it's growing it up. Yeah. You know, it's it's dealing with more mature themes. It's, it's right. dealing with this unspoken uh, flirtation slash romance between Tila and. Prince Adam slash He-Man. Yeah. It's dealing with, this stuff's in the trailer, dealing with what happens when Prince Adam maybe now has to become King Adam. You know, like like when his father's no longer the king. And now he's got to decide between the throne and being the most powerful man in the universe. So Master of the universe. Yes, sir. But it's dealing with some pretty cool things. But yeah, five episodes, I think it's really well it's done. Good. Okay. So I, I That's think good it's, to it's hear. worth checking out. I'm going to check. When did it drop? Thursday. Oh, it's recent. Okay, yes, so I'm gonna go on the internet and see what's popping. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I just thought that was funny at the time. I was like, man, I, I checked it out too. Like I went watching it. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, you know. Hey, it, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I have no comment. I don't even think I mentioned. I'm, we might have mentioned it like mm-hmm. briefly, uh, and then kind of mentioned like how Kevin was getting roasted. And he was crying and stuff. Like that's mm. how bad it got. He started crying. Yeah, they they fan people uh, were going. He liked us. I'm yeah. Like, oh lord. He sold us out. Oh, the people, man, people want to rage. It's it's it's. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. So, yeah. but yeah. If you if you didn't like Revelation, I'd say give Revolution a shot. You'll I think you'll get your you'll get your fix. Okay. He man. Uh, the only thing I finished watching was the hopefully I'm saying it right is the Kingan Ashura that's on Netflix, and I wrapped up season is it season three part one or season two part two because it's like it's like split up in like different parts. This is the anime, finding anime you were yeah, watching, right? Anime. Yeah, the, the tournament. So it turns the, out by, like people represented by corporations or people representing corporations. Yeah, in the fight. 
They say this is a love letter to Baki. So if you like Baki, you'll like this one. Uh huh. That and, makes sense. Yeah. So I was like, hmm, okay. Um, then the the last installment should be dropping sometime later this year. And so I'm all caught up, and it it's been uh it's been great to watch. Okay. Yeah. So that that's pretty much it that I've had time to watch this time these last week and a half or so. One last thing I'll mention real quick. I've been watching. I'm still been rolling through like the CNN. 90s docuseries mm-hmm. and that's that's again I love the context it gives me from have someone who, was, who lived through the 90s absolutely but to step back like I watched the episode that dealt with like the I mean, let me just not say but the presidency of, of Bill Clinton mm. they covered that and they had one that dealt with like Desert Storm Okay. Which was that was cool to get context. My dad actually served in in, in Desert Storm. You're getting mm. you know, I'm like I'm like in fifth grade. You know, you're getting Same. bits and pieces, but you don't fully understand. You don't understand. I knew I knew the we, we were we were you know there fighting Saddam Hussein like and a newspaper. There were scud yeah. missiles. We're, we're, we're reading the propaganda. We don't know what's going on. Right. <laughs> we have no idea. But it's what the context game is like. I forgot how quick the war. I was like, oh, this was a quick war. You mm. were like in pop 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 pop. All right, we we done. We, mm. it's, it's a wrap, boys. Come on back home. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like like. Year and a half or so, something like that. It was really quick. Mm-hmm. But there's another episode that dealt with because you know we thought after the end of the Cold War that that like we were going to this new age of what they call the New World Order of like peace. Mm. But instead, like we had like internal like like domestic terrorism. You know, we had the Oklahoma City bombing. Yeah. We had the first World Trade uh, bombing attempt. We had Columbine. So like school, we had we had Waco with David Koresh. Like you see all these things beginning to pop up. You're like, oh. Man, like that's where that stuff began to build leading up, you know, then, you know, then Osama bin Laden being introduced like, oh, wow. New villains. Yeah. It's like the context of seeing that like, oh, this was this was a a buildup, you know, the Mm -hmm. Unabomber as well. That was like a 15 year manhunt for them to find this guy. And it was the way they caught him was by he had written a manifesto and they they I think uh, the New York Times one of the one of the major publishers they published it, mm-hmm. and his family saw it. His brothers saw it, and they were like, "This sounds like like so and so." I was like, well, <laughs> "Sounds like Bobby." Yeah, and so that they kind of gave the tip, and they and they found this guy, you know, in Dang. a cabin in the in the woods somewhere with another bomb, fully ready to go. I think they, I think they Dang. yeah was ready. Yeah. So, but yeah, the the scene in nineties. Uh, it's again, it's been it's, it's been good. <laughs> That's messed up. Find him in the woods. Who told? Who told? Was it my brother? But his whole family, like his mom, his brother, they were like, we couldn't let him hurt anybody else. We had to, <laughs> we had to tell him. I was like, no, good on y'all. Like, He'd been, he been making bombs since he was five. Man, we knew that boy wasn't right. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, yeah, that's the last thing I've been watching. And right. trailers wise, I watched a trailer for a movie called Monkey Man, produced by Jordan Peele. The Monkey Ma- Man? Monkey Man. Holy crap. It's. When does it drop? I don't. I don't even know. I didn't. I didn't, uh-huh. I didn't remember the the, the date of when Monkey it drops. Monkey Man. Monkey Man. Now I'm intrigued because you know when the last movie there was a monkey in there. Uh, so what's going on here? <laughs> so in this film, this is it's set like in India and Danny DeVito. No, uh, India is, is an Indian actor. Hmm. Uh, oh man, don't know his name. Uh, Patel. But, Patel. It might be, it might be Danny Patel, but he is is in India and like you know, it's, it's dealing with like elements of like class, like the upper yeah, class versus the lower yeah, class. Heavy. Yeah, like that stuff is the, I guess the to, cat the right. caste system absolutely. And it talks about 
how there's a, a story of a um, Dev Patel. That's that's who is the uh. yeah Dev Patel, and it tells a story how there was a there was a monkey, a, a force of darkness like led by a. a, a, a I think also a monkey, but then like this white monkey eventually comes in to kind of, yeah. Sounds racist. Yeah. Uh, on the surface, but we're dealing with Indian people. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 They, yeah. Yeah. They go hard. Yeah. But nonetheless, they so slavery. It's, uh, yeah. But, but so, it's a lot of action. Like you see that kind of action. It's, it, it, feels, it has, it has John Wick vibes kind of. Oh. Oh, yeah. okay. So yeah. this is not a horror thing. No, not a horror thing. Oh. And so it's more, okay. I guess kind of the, uh, analogy to the to okay. the um, okay. this guy being the kind of the savior to to fight for his for his people that that can't uh, fight for themselves but monkey man monkey man yeah and he even he even puts on a mask he's yeah, it's it looks it looks okay I'd have to see another another trailer to. I'm not sold. Uh, just so you I, know, I I don't. I, I'm not saying I'm sold either. I'm like, I need to see another trailer. I was like, okay. I said, like, there's maybe some intrigue. It looks yeah. like it's maybe well done, but I'm like, yeah, I don't know. That's for, for me just yet. Let me get more. Let me dip my beak in. Yeah. Or oh, 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 oh. it's too violent for me. Yeah, oh. too violent for me. <laughs> Shout out to the Godfather. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my okay today's show is sponsored by <laughs> natural hair the movie by grinding them out of films available to stream on tubi roku on demand and youtube please check it out and leave a review and let's jump back into the show thank you for tuning in to filmmaker commentary we're talking about lethal weapon 3 directed by richard donner Yes, sir. Rated R. All right, and let's jump into the synopsis. Martin Riggs and Roger Murtaugh pursue a former LAPD officer who uses his knowledge of police procedure and policies to steal and sell confiscated guns and ammunition to local street gangs. Lethal Weapon 3. And if this is your first time listening to Filmmaker Commentary, please know that there will be spoilers. You've been forewarned. Yes, man. How did you watch this film? And did you watch this film before prior to us covering it? You know, I thought maybe I had. But then I'm so on the the Blu-ray itself. There is a a video Mm. for uh, by Sting called It's Probably Me. Mm. And when I was a kid, I used to love that video. Yeah, I I love the song. It's it's got this just kind of rock blues vibe to it. Very cool. I hope you'll you'll play it during the when you're doing the synopsis. It's, uh-huh. a, it's a nice nice groove, and even at the beginning of the movie, it, it's it's a song that plays. Oh, it's a tight sequence. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, that was nice. And so, but when you watch the video, it's showing clips of the other Lethal Weapon movies. It's showing clips from one and two, uh. and then it shows clips from three. Uh. I think I just saw those clips from okay. three, and that was the extent of what uh. I had seen. And I think maybe I saw some junkets here and there. Yeah, but. I hadn't, I hadn't, wa- I hadn't fully watched this movie before. Music I'm videos convinced. were awesome back then. You, video, the music videos, they put money into it, and then you're like, oh, this is they're selling a movie. Yes, so sir. It's part of it, and it's cool because it's a, it's a very much so kind of behind the scenes video. It's, it's like mm-hmm. him in the studio, and they cut to Eric Clapton, you know, on the acoustic, and then at the very end, you see kind of Danny Glover coming in and kind of you know meet and greet with some of the musicians. It's got it's a cool vibe to it, but uh, and then intercut with just again. Scenes from the different Lethal Weapon movies, even the scene from two where where they kind of you know, where where 
Riggs helping Murtaugh get off the toilet before it blows up. And you see them kind of like how they how they kind of lock arms to pull. So you, it's kind of establishing that friendship. And this the song itself is again the lyrically it's so cool because it's talking about like kind of this person who is has has a has a friend that is like nobody else they can turn to, but. At the end, I hate to say it, but like anybody can tell you, it's, it's probably me. Yeah, and just every 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 kind of hook they get to is like, but it's probably me. It's just it's it's beautiful, beautiful. What's my it's, favorite? It's so fitting. What's my favorite? Do you have a favorite music video that was selling a movie from that era, from the nineties or two thousands, or like one that just kind of sticks out? Like, oh, they were selling the hell out of this film. Hmm. Um, for me, it would be the um, Rush Hour soundtrack. The Drew Hill, how the good you love for me? Yes, yeah. Come on. What is the other sound? Bro, that one. The video was done well. It, I was like, oh man. Then you had it. It's like everything fit perfectly. But they they nineties music soundtracks are. Uh, you could you could go and you get a soundtrack for a movie and just let 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 the thing play. Yeah, you would have so many. Like top artists who would who would, I had, man I had just loads of '90s soundtracks. Whether and I, I've never even seen Doctor Doolittle with Eddie Murphy. Oh, but you this, haven't seen? Whoa, whoa! You didn't see it? No. Holy crap! But the soundtrack? Yes. Fire. The soundtrack was legit. Yes, sir. I had that soundtrack. Uh, oh my god, man! Uh, Soul Food. Yeah. Uh, the soundtrack for Soul Food uh-huh. was I mean, that being really good. Um, I'm trying to remember the music couple, video for Nutty Professor. What music? It was a music video. Oh, Case, Case, and Foxy Brown. Touch yes. me, tease me. Yes. Boom. Come on. Yes. Boom. <laughs> you know what? You don't even have to watch the movie after you see that music video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, that was that was the jam. That song man. is still a hit to this day. Woo. To this day, man. Um. Yeah, man. That was uh, Nutty, Nutty Professor. That was a yeah. That was a good soundtrack too, dude. Again, uh, just you could you could go through multiple movies. The The Woods, yeah. um, The Wood or The Woods. The Wood. Sorry. Yeah. yeah oh, the yeah, Wood. Yeah. Um. This. Yeah. A lot of them. Uh, set it off. Yeah. Man. So. Days of our lives. Bones and Thug. Mm. Thugs Harmony. Yes, soundtrack. Um, yeah, no, I just wanted to know if you had what music video like man, that kind of stuck in your head just from back then. Man, I, yeah. I don't have like a that one. Just like out of all of them, that one is just so it's palatable. Mm-hmm. It's just it. It's like the perfect blend of everything. Drew, uh, Drew Hill is the, like one of the ninetieth, like one of the late ninetieth, ninetieth groups out there. Like they yeah. were like, I was like, oh yeah, we got dragons. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, we, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, you know, going to you know what's that? What was that 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 one store, fossil, fossil something, for watches or, yeah, but like they showed like shirts oh, and stuff. Hot topic, kind of like hot topic. It wasn't just hot topic, but there were. There but it was were, like a vibe, yeah, like hot topic. Yeah, well, you go in because yes. I, 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 I had a, I had a dragon shirt. <laughs> silk That's dragon right. Shirt. Yes, Man. the short sleeve button yes, up, sir. red or blue. Hey. And then, <laughs> With the dragon going on go with, with my with Can my, tell nothing listen, With some Jinkos on You know I'm ready to go Hey We'll be going tonight <laughs> And depending on what your parents You know Maybe they let you Dye your hair Silver or Blonde Or whatever Man <laughs> You were all the way 90s If that happened <laughs> oh, <laughs> With your man. little chain On your wallet Watch dude. out now Anyhow Some Doc Martens Wow Or Timberlands Dang 
people out here. Nonetheless, where okay. were we? Yeah, ah, we were yes. nostalgia. That's the weapon. We ah, sting. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it it music music in the '90s and, and music videos was was a big part of of selling movies. Yeah, and the soundtracks were a big part of it. They put a lot of effort into that. Now. Yeah, not so much. Yeah, no, not so much. I mean, but it's it's the the formats have changed so much where you don't need music videos to sell movies now. Yeah, because everything's so on demand. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, even like with trailers, like you can you see have to go to the theater to see the movie to see the trailer. Eh, but now you can see any trailer on YouTube. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, it's a different different beast. It's a different time. Now, when we cover the movie nineties, uh, was it nineties? Uh, the skateboard movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they did their, it was kind of, they did their whole soundtrack through like a playlist. So it was just a song, like a playlist instead of putting out the actual, like re, was it republishing the songs on a compilation? They just put a playlist together of songs that were already together. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Um, save, save a lot of money too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just find our playlist oh, yeah. on Spotify. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was uh, Johnny Hill. He produced that one. Um, well, oh, for me, yeah, I, I didn't watch. I thought I watched this film. The only thing that I do kind of remember, and it could have been just a trailer, was uh, the love interest Renee Russo was kicking butt. I, so I think that might have been part of the trailer. Mm. Um, but that's the only part that I kind of remember. That is that is part of the trailer because I watched I watched the teaser and the regular trailer on the on the Blu-ray. I like okay. to do that before I watch the movie, just to kind of. You know, see, okay, all right. If I hadn't seen this before, what am I, what am I in for? Wait, yeah, right. Like, oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, I remember, I remember that too. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. both those in the trailer because he just that part where he says she's got to get watch, watch her, watch her work. Yeah, and she beats those guys up in the in the machine shop or the auto shop. Mm-hmm. Totally in the trailer. Russo, what do we know her from? Haha. <laughs> so I actually, based on the commentary, I was like, let me see when her career started. Like her first movie was uh, like eight, maybe eighty nine. Yeah, this is like her fifth movie. Okay. But she's also Freya in the MCU. She's the the mother of Thor. Ah, that's where we know Russo. And eat a salad, dear. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's Freya. That's where we know her from. Yeah, I was like, oh, that is her. Renee Russo. <laughs> Russo, because she's played, like, she's had such a familiar, like, motherly vibe. Mm-hmm. Even with her being aggressive, still has that motherly vibe to her, like... Oh, I have a boo boo. <laughs> Help me out. <laughs> so there's a charm, a charm to her. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I'm just trying to remember. There's a movie that sticks out. Maybe it was a Thor movie, but um, I just it, I know it, she's done. It some escapes other stuff me. Too. Yeah, because her face has been a, everywhere. Um, I just can't think. It it's a prominent film, and I it just it just escapes me. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Um, yeah, this movie wasn't really in my memory like that. Outside of just the trailers and the things that we saw. Uh, music videos, things like that. Um, what did you like or not like? I'll, I'll go first. Go ahead. Um, I did like that intro, that title sequence. I was like, we have money, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that title sequence just makes you feel like, okay, they they showing the money like right away. Mm-hmm. Which is basically just the song, the popular song that they licensed or paid for, whatever. Um, and I'm, if it's original, if it's original for this, I'm assuming they paid for it. I don't know, but um, that song is playing off top, and then we follow this nice, wonderful title sequence that just basically says "Lead the Weapon Three, and it's in fire, flames. Yeah, some uh, 
said that potentially it was kind of reminiscent of kind of the houses on fire at the end. Like the kind of the trail of flame that happens. Yeah. So, yeah, fire is a theme. Indeed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Usually, because usually the three for lethal weapon is it's blood, it's red. <laughs> but yeah, it was fire on this one. So, hmm. go figure. Um, as far as likes, excuse me. So, once again, chemistry with, with Glover and Gibson is is money. Like these guys, are by, yeah. by, by this point, I mean, they, they just. You you already know what to expect, but yeah. I, I love I love the emotional turn. I, I feel that this one really hits a stride because it, it takes it takes some of the groundedness and, and emotional beats of the first film and 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 the, the humor of the second film, even though there's humor in the first film too, but I think I think it really strikes a nice balance between the two. And 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 the the relationship between Riggs and Murtaugh that partnership it's been earned yeah. and so when you get into some of the more emotional beats and you're, and you're dealing with the the pending retirement of Murtaugh yeah you're off like, top you're like oh man you're like man you know you're you, you gonna break up the band you're, right? yeah. you're gonna break up the duo like plot point is told to us first sentences of the first sentence of the movie mm-hmm. and you, you're like oh wait a minute like these guys are these guys are so good together but yeah. they're but they're they, they're they're this you know, this opposite attract and, and Riggs is just so crazy. Yeah. And, but you know, you, you, you love to see them together yeah. and see them do their thing, but it's, but they're always there for each other. And I, I love that the cast mm-hmm. has stayed the same. Like his, that yes. his family, like you literally are watching yeah, them grow, grow up. up. Absolutely. You're like what? And it's, they and I'm, it I'm pretty sure that the, that the young daughter is the same actress. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know the son and the oldest daughter are the same. I could tell, but the the young one, she was so young. I think it's the same actress too. Yeah, it looked like it. it yeah, like so it, that's just it's really uh, that's one. It's wonderful to see so much of the cast continuing to mm-hmm. to return. Um, and, oh, what were you about to say? And I, I like that. Not a lot of not a lot of officers died in this one. Because last one, man, they 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 took out a whole crew. Man, they they murked quite a few. Damn. But this one, it was it was a whole a whole lot less. Yeah. So I like the intro. One thing I think was kind of it was uh, I don't know if this was like trendy or whatever because of the popularity of black culture and hip hop, mm-hmm. and then especially the explosion of that culture in movies. I.E. Boys in the Hood, Men's Society, just sure. like so all these films. I felt like they were kind of trying to force that theme a little too heavy, but it's like, all right, I see what you're trying to do. But uh, like, okay, okay. I don't know if they, I don't know if they, it felt like, because they went so far up on part two with the with the South African and kind of going international. Right. It felt like it, it kind of went down story-wise. And and as as far as like who the villain is and things like that, because uh, like, it became more became more local. Yeah, well, this is what the what the writer came up with. Yeah, um, like what, the guy who like during the commentary, there's a guy who's like interviewing Donner and asked him like, you know, with at this time, you know, with the popularity of films like Men's Society and Boys Boys in the Hood, did that influence this? And I was like, no, that 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 was the influence. It was the reality of L.A. Mm. at the time. Yeah, yeah, because they shoot you know all over L.A. and it was mm-hmm. part of the part of the, the culture, what was going on. And that's who they were taking in and incorporating in. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I like uh, I do like the fact that just as a viewer seeing it and then seeing you watching the like the behind the scenes and the commentary and just like mm-hmm. seeing the flip side, it's like man, I feel like I don't know if that's not authentic or not. You know what I mean? Or uh-huh. or if felt for so you feel like writing about the hood or is it through a lens of what you think is happening? Uh huh. Um, so anyhow, that's the only thing. It just kind of felt it's felt slightly forced to me mm. uh, watching it. But maybe because of the age of Murtaugh's son mm-hmm. and kind of like, you know, going to school and then kind of dealing with all that, maybe he felt like he had to address it. One of the things that the that he, that um, Donna said the writer was trying to incorporate was that, and, and I guess they could have expanded on it more, but, and this is him kind of trying to remember back because these, these mm. commentaries are done years later. Ah, okay. Years later. Okay, okay. Because somebody asked him a question. He's like, I don't remember. I have to, let's watch more of the film and then I'll, I'll be able to recall. Yeah. But it, it like the theme, theme. one of the big things was supposed to be a, a father trying to, to save his son from mm. the streets. Yeah, like kind of like, from, yeah, from like the wrong influence. You know, or, you know this father, I mean, obviously he's a cop, but yeah, trying to trying to save his, save his son from, mm-hmm. uh, from that, that pull. Mm-hmm. So, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Um, commentary. What did you think about the? Oh, were there any uh, other things that you liked or not like about the film? You know, one of the things that I it, that I, I felt felt a little forth. I'm, I'm happy to see it, and I thought that Mel Gibson and Renee Russo had good chemistry. But now, years later, like you look back, like okay. This guy just met this just met this girl, and all right, okay, yeah, they they meet, they they don't like each other. Oh, they like each other. Oh, they had sex. Oh, now they're in love. Like, yeah, that was a little. It's a little fast. That's that's really, really quick. When you got this history of your 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 women dying and you're ready to jump in something else. So yeah, that 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 feels a little. So I felt like it was forced at the beginning, like what you're saying, like when they were just like comparing notes comparing war wounds yeah Yeah. so i was like okay you know there she's the aggressive type or whatever and then that just goes right into sex you know i don't know if that was true to her character maybe it is true to the character uh we've seen you know uh rigs do that before you know just jumped jumped to it um so i don't know that that part did feel forced Mm -hmm. but at the end when he's like confessing his love and stuff i feel like it isn't it it's genuine because of his psychosis. Okay. So like it's Fair enough. Tr- so like true to his character, he's going he's going to say whatever he can say, right, to save this girl. He's, tra- he's he's desperately trying to latch on and find that, especially with 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 the pending retirement of his partner. Yeah. Maybe feeling like he's going to lose lose somebody that you know his brother, you yeah. know, someone that 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 he that he loves dearly. Now, okay, he has to find. He has to find something, something else, someone else. In that in that particular scene, I I specifically see the two women that he lost, mm, and yeah. in the last one, it being uh, oh his kind of his fault, yeah, his fault, and yeah, both times basically because it's dealing with his line of work, and so he feels like it's his fault, and mm. so he doesn't want to go through that again. He's trying to save this lady and he's like he's willing to do whatever even if that means saying i love you to make her not die Mm. you know what i mean so that's what i felt like from a psychosis standpoint for his character um so he's telling the truth even though it's a little too fast to be saying all this stuff Mm. (laughs) moving a little faster buddy Mm. but you know what life and death situations make you know changes things 
Yeah, but again, I'm 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 happy for him that he found somebody. But I'm like, <laughs> pump the brakes, Riggs. Yeah, pump, pump the brakes. Yeah, because if she if she wasn't all shot up and stuff, I doubt he would have said all that. But but they say in in, in those kind of heightened moments of of danger, people will express you know different right. things. Yeah, 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 I agree. It, it did feel kind of weird coming out. I love you. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> you keep an eye on him, Sergeant. Keep an eye keep on. Keep an eye on this guy. Now, if they would have like flashed his like uh, like a visual, like his first wife or something like that, or I don't know, maybe that would have been forced. But um, you know, just to kind of like, where's this guy coming from? Is this what? He, is this how he does it? Um, what do you think about the commentary and special features? Um, so Donner's commentaries are like it's one of those ones where they're they're, they're watching the movie <laughs> they're discovering it too <laughs> yeah uh, and when he when he feels he has something to say but there's there's a guy there also who I don't know who the other guy is they don't make it clear who he is yeah. but he's helpful because he asks questions of Donner okay well what do you think about this at this time and so that that helps kind of spark things to get Donner to say stuff here and there is there parts when it just goes blank yeah oh, yeah. Like, Oh, yeah, you're oh, he's watching it. Nope. You're sitting and listening. Like, mm. <laughs> okay, waiting, waiting, waiting for another nugget of of, of wisdom. But uh, yeah, the commentary is is, is okay. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 okay. Okay. Special uh, feature wise, it's it's very lacking. I was very happy to have the video. Okay. Sting. Okay. Uh, it's probably me. I was very very happy to see that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. First thing I played, I was like, "Yes!" And I, I played it a couple of times just listening to the song. I've, I've actually now made a '90s playlist on Amazon Music called '90s Chill." Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I'm just dropping in some just relaxing '90s music, some more, a little more Eric Clapton. Okay. We, were, we were talking about this on, on on the phone. I was like, "Yeah, you know what?" I grabbed a little "Change the World" as well. Like, yeah, <laughs> yes, throw it in. <laughs> so um, anyway, but yeah, there's there's that video. There is the commentary. And there are like three deleted scenes. There's one deleted scene that, that I think could have been kept in. It's it. Uh, we don't normally talk about deleted scenes, but this one I thought was worthwhile. Mm-hmm. But it's it's right after he has, right after they've they've broken out of the place with the with the guns. Him and Renee Russo, like they they mm-hmm. escaped to the truck with uh, the guns. And yeah, the, yeah. The dog jumps on the truck. Yeah. It then cuts to a scene of we see like Riggs's old his his trailer. And, mm-hmm. and it's kind of being fixed up, but uh, he's inside and he's laughing, and it's got it's got he's got the the new dog with him, and he's got his old dog there, and he's watching the Three Stooges with him. That was that was in the streaming version. What? Yeah, <laughs> both dogs. He was like, "Hey, he's all right. He's laughing." Yeah, I think you two are going to get along great. Yeah, son of a gun. It's not it's in the stream. It's just it's just deleted scene. It's Unbelievable. Just additional footage. No. Unbelievable, huh? Because he's because he's getting his uh, trailer work done. Exactly the the yeah. same uh, foreman guy, the contractor yeah. is there doing stuff for him, and and uh, Martal's oldest daughter. She pulls up. Yeah, she's the one that tells him that he's all of that was a home. deleted scene. That's a deleted scene, homie. Holy smoke, that is very important. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, <laughs> this is kind of worthwhile because it shows his character is expanding. You know what I mean? Because I was like, man, what happened to this other dog? His other dog got killed somewhere along the way. Like, oh, it's sad. I was, yeah. was kind of like, oh, the other dog's, I guess it's a replacement and dog. And it also connects that he's looking for Murtaugh mm-hmm. because that's the whole reason she's there. But the contractor's like, what she, what's she doing here? You know, right. like, yeah, whatever. Oh, like, it feels like it plays up that theme of, oh, is there something going on here? Yeah, absolutely. But no, it's it, that's a deleted scene. It's, that, a, it's, it's additional footage. That is inappropriate. That should have been in the film. 
Didn't make didn't didn't make the cut on the Blu-ray, but apparently they remedy that in streaming. That is so interesting. I wonder if the other additional f- scenes are uh, are in the streaming version. What, and, other, what other ones do? Do you remember? I, I don't I can't remember. recall. I watched I watched one of the other ones. I don't remember what it was. Is nah, don't remember what it was. Um, from a tone standpoint, what kind of tone do you think they're setting in this film? And is it different from the other ones? Uh, again, I, like I mentioned, it's so this is definitely still a '90s buddy cop action movie. Like yeah. those, those again, we know from the jump. You right, know what we're big, getting into. Big building exploding from yeah, the get go. Like absolutely. you know what you're in for. Um, but again, I feel that tonally, it, it, you know what? I mean, I don't want to take away from the second one to make it seem like it didn't have emotional beats because it did. Right? Yeah. When we when we see that young lady pass away, we we Whoa, find out. It was yeah. bad, yeah, and that's man. when he found out also that his wife, that, yeah, his how, wife, how she was murdered. She was yeah. murdered. Yeah, man. So there's still these emotional, like it makes me appreciate Lethal. I'm like, man, this is these are well done action movies, yeah. and it's it's not these aren't shallow. No. This is not just they're trying. Yeah, like there's there's heart behind it, and yeah. and Donner kind of shed some light on it that these. It's about these characters, yeah, and that kind of that allows the plot to be built out in different kinds of ways. Mm. Uh, but tonally speaking, they're still they're still going for for action first and foremost, with humor worked in for for levity here and there. But there is still a, a heart behind it at the end of you know the partnership, the the brotherhood, the bromance between Murtaugh and Riggs. Indeed. Um. Yeah, the tone off top, it's it's big explosions again at the very beginning. You know, mm-hmm. you got the comedy element and it looks nice. Like it's slick. Yo, yeah, I was like, can, yeah, it's, it's you slick. See, you can yeah. see the jump in quality. You, like, you're right. Hey. Yeah, you had mentioned that. And it, yeah, you definitely can see the money on the screen and in the equipment and in the transfer. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> and so it's anamorphic, of course. Uh, oh, that, would, that would probably go with style. But yeah, you can you can see it. You can feel it. And then. You know, they're kind of going back and forth. Uh, I'm going to go, oh, like, <laughs> really just crazy, just this crazy dude. I'm going to go in the building. You know what I mean? He still has a death wish. Like, he, his uh, psychosis hasn't really been addressed. PTSD? You yeah. Know, like, the, you have the lady that's going around like, hey, I need to talk to you about your brain. But nope, <laughs> they just keep pushing but her that's off. Also, yeah, this, it's like a, that's a very nine, a 90s macho thing to do. No, no. He's okay. He's, he's good. No, dear, go, go over here. Like I just, you know, shushing, moving, moving her along. Yeah, I'm. Cu- I'm very curious to see when we cover four. Yeah, next episode. Uh, if if one of them finally sits down and talks with the psychiatrist, that would be very important. Yeah, they both need to. Like we we understand the importance of mental health now. Yeah, but that was not a thing, especially in they were trying in our, community, in our culture. Was, oh, yeah, suck it up. Yeah, but at least she was. She was there at least. Like oh, they. She, yeah, it yeah, was an at option. Least, at least she was there on the force. And she's like kind of going out of her way to make sure that she's like, hey, I need to talk to you. Especially but, the one after, you know, the, the, the shooting of the, of the, of the kid, you know, they, they yeah. refer to them as babies. I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm gl- I am glad that they handled that. Like what, man, this is like, this is, this hurt him yeah. to have that happen. Like, okay, that's, that's kind of, that's, that's, that's important to see Yeah, that he didn't take, yes, he felt he was in danger and, and, and defended himself. But he didn't take it like that. This was a 
uh, a child. You know, that was shot. It could have been his son, his son's age. Yeah. So it was. It's um, so kind of going back with tones. Just that that's part of the also put like hip hop culture, gang culture, mm-hmm. uh, kind of showing like how that crosses over, and um, and them humanizing. You know, a villain. You know what I mean? Because yeah, they could have very easily just been like, oh, thugs or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, which, you know, kind of is addressed a little bit later in that way. But at that time, you know, we get to see a kid for what a kid is. Just like you know, the world might see this 16-year-old black guy that's mm-hmm. a murderer or whatever. But um, Murtaugh has seen this kid grow up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to turn into that, uh, you know, it hurts him. And the fact that like he's tied into his son, mm. and that that his mo- that his wife gets the call, and she had an impact. And the fact that they're at the kid's funeral, yeah. And and he 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 goes up to the mom to give his condolences, and she, pop, I mean, she gets slapped. I'm like, oh, that's man. a trope. Getting slapped at a funeral. Yeah, was, absolutely. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> My super thing. <laughs> Oh, you. You're coming. Get out! Get out! No. The way she, no, sorry, we tangent on five heartbeats. But the way she says, get out! Like she goes up and then brings it in, like yeah. the restraint. It's impressive. Yes. But this woman, in here, in this movie, she just, pop, yeah. right upside. Oh, oh, and the way she took her glasses off, like, mm. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> anyhow, uh, you back to Lethal Weapon 3. Keep on stepping. Um, yeah, so we see the comedy at the very beginning, them going back and forth, and then Riggs decided to go into a building. We know that the bomb squad is on the way. We've been through this in Lethal Weapon 2. Mm-hmm. Bomb squad. We know what they do. And so they're on the way, but Riggs, for whatever reason, wants to go in. That's How no do they allow them no to keep doing this? That, number two, why does Murtaugh keep following them? Like, why is... <laughs> Trey says, trust me. And Murtaugh says, that's, uh, that's usually where the problem is. Yeah, and he still goes. He could stay. He can stay, but Riggs goes and he follows. I think it, it comes down to that to that that core thing. They're partners, yeah. And you you always back your partner. That's that's even even the, even in their even bad the detriment. Is there the detriment? You, you always you, you gotta back your partner up because if something crazy happens, Murtaugh, why, why weren't you there? Backing your partner, yeah. You know it's it's yeah. So they're, they're there. cut what? to them running out of the building, saying it's a bomb. Okay, so I got a question for yeah, you. Yes. So. He says, grab the cat. Save the cat. Dude, yeah, I was going to put that in tropes. Yeah, that's... that's I was like, is that where the the name of the book comes from? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure, but I'm... I need to go back and look at my book. But yeah, save the cat. He saved the cat. Literally saves the because cat. Because in the in the commentary, Donna says, oh, that, that's a famous line. Save, save, save the cat. Yeah. Or don't forget the cat. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. I just wanted to... So the... Uh, Blake... Oh, man. I'm supposed to know this. Oh. <sighs> Uh, but the writer of the book, Save the Cat, mm-hmm. uh, uses these tropes, you know, for themes. And to like a character more, you save the cat mm. or the dog or the whatever. Uh, but yeah, save the cat. Glad you caught that. Yes, sir. Um, from a style standpoint, what do you think they're doing there? Like we said, this is, there's something about the way this is shot. There's um, there's like more close-ups and there's, there's some differences in some of the, the camera movement. Um, some of the panning also with within this one. Mm-hmm. Uh and and even with like from a effect standpoint, like the the big 
effect when when Riggs towards the end is, is falling off the motorcycle and kind of falling. He's like, yeah, like there's a different camera angle, oh. like kind of aim aim downwards. We always have somebody falling off someone. That's a trope yeah. within these within these films. Yeah, but that one's done a little bit a little bit differently. Yeah, it was like a comic book the way he was falling. Yeah, yeah, it had this heightened sense of reality when when that one happens. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, it's just it. It's this one is just crisper. There's when I when I paused it when we were talking, I paused it and I was like, "Whoa, this is even even as in the, the widescreen format." I feel like they're using more of the frame ah, in in this one as well. Interesting. It, it that that's that stood out to me as a whole. Like, Maybe more this, things this, are fitting into. Yeah, that. this feels like it's filling up the frame more. Yeah, anamorphic. So you could tell it's anamorphic. Um, yeah, well done. And then like the explosions, like that. Of course, it's going to be explosions. At least the weapon movie, mm-hmm. but it felt like there's more money. Like we and the helicopter shots are a little bit more steady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the helicopter. We're starting to see more of the bird's eye view kind of coming down. With that shot with him falling down, you see that bird's eye view. It's probably a crane shot where they shot him, you know, going down to his injuries, <laughs> to his broken shoulder again, mm, dislocated. Uh, yeah, man, he plays that so well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just noticed like explosions and it still feels real. I don't know if there's miniatures, but these look like real buildings that are falling. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, this, this is like part of the trivia. So one of the things that they did with, I want to say with that building in particular, mm-hmm. there was a, uh, in Florida, there was a city council that they had put out an ad that, hey, we, we, we need to demolish this building. Mm-hmm. If there's any studios that are shooting any films where they need to demolish a building, feel That's free to, to come and, and shoot this building being being destroyed, being demolished. Okay. And you can use it in your in your film. And so that's where that came into play. And same with the with the housing development at the end. Like that was a development that had went bankrupt. Something happened and so mm-hmm. that uh, those houses oh. need to be destroyed. And oh. so they said you you, f- you find things like that and you, and you get them to fit into your script. That way you can utilize those locations. That's dope. Shout out to the tips. Yes, sir. Um, themes. What kind of themes do you have? Thematically speaking, I have themes of retirement. I have a theme of you're the only family I got. Mm. I along those lines, partnership. Ah, had same thing. Um, what we do affects our family. Mm. I have themes of corruption, and I have a f- um a theme of genocide to kind of connect the gang culture stuff very good i i i love the fact that murtaugh uses that language when he's talking about you ever heard the word genocide i love that he mm. brings it up to him and 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 the way he the way he he poses that i'm like that's yeah that's that's good uh, uh, uh um do you have any favorite scenes or memorable scenes so for me though the first one I put down is when when they're they're at the shooting range and they put the bulletproof vest the Murtaugh's bulletproof vest on the 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 range Mm -hmm. send it out you know Riggs puts in that one bullet you know lets everybody get a look at it loads it in the chamber pow brings the vest back and we can see how it's it's literally pierced through the armor yeah well, like that's that i remember i remember seeing that scene it may have been in a in a junket or something like that but that's the first time i'm hearing the term armor piercing rounds or armor piercing bullets yeah and the murtaugh which was cop killers yeah. but you know now in video games you you hear about that stuff all the time but yeah. that's the first time i'd heard the term armor 
piercing bullets around. So that stood out to me. Yeah, and the lyrics. There were lyrics around in gangster rap too with that mm. cop killer bullets. Um, yeah, that was a yeah that was, and it was a it's a callback too. You know, so like they're doing the exposition, and then we're gonna see later on how this may or may not play out. And we later see that the little homie gets shot. The young uh, cop that's eager to go out into the field, he's wearing a vest, but the bullet pierces it. Pierces right through. And then we see, um, what's uh, Rusal, what's her character's name? Um, her, Steve? No, not Steve. It's, um, uh, why did I see Steve? Cole. Sergeant Cole. Sergeant Cole. Her dad is Steven. Cole, I think. Or is it Sergeant Cole? Don't know. But, um, so Cole, she gets shot, and she's wearing two vests. Oh, so that's that. and, she, and still kind of goes through, but she's wearing two vests, so she's not as jacked up. And so we see that later on in the very end of the film. Mm. Uh, one of my um, memorable scenes is like, which is also kind of like a trope of ha- having like the the silly black comedic relief and so we see the the heavier set black lady who's a, i think she's a cop or a security guard security. and she's driving the truck and she runs into the bad guy it's like right behind you honey mm. <laughs> it's like yeah she's wild she is a wild one yeah. and and feeling murtaugh mm-hmm. uh, one of mine is when they are at the hockey arena and they're trying to find the the bad guy uh jake travis mm-hmm. the crooked cop and Riggs just jumps on the PA. Yeah. Which I thought was really smart. I'm like, that's pretty smart. What did he know? say? Because I kind of like. Says, Mr. So-and-so, so-and-so, we've, we, we've got police stationed at all the exits. There's no way for you to escape. You might as well just give up now. It's a bluff. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's a pretty, pretty smart bluff. Yeah. Yeah. It basically tells him that they, 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 they've got him and dead to rights and there's no way out. You know, he still escapes. But uh, Our boy, Leo Getz. Is the worst real estate agent ever. At the very beginning, when he's showing this house, he's like, "Yeah, this, uh, this, uh, a gang, some gangs uh, ran into the front room, and that, you know, mm-hmm. but we had to fix that." So he's just disclosing everything wrong that has happened to this house. But you know, into his, he's saying, "Well, I got to disclose it stuff. I got to disclose it." Like he is like to the point. He's by the book to the point where it's going to cost him his job. This is great, but he he sucks at his sales approach. But. At the end, he actually does sell the house, even with the termites. So I'm like, huh? <laughs> only to find out, oh, no, we're not. Uh, we're going to stay another 10 years. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so another memorable scene for me, again, was, was again, when Riggs finds Murtaugh on his boat. Because I was when I was like, where's his boat at? By the yeah. taxi, he had a dock somewhere. I'm like, okay. Levels. Yes, sir. Leveling up. Yes, sir. But seeing as how distraught Martaw is over over shooting that young man, yeah. he's that he's on his boat, he's drinking, and and Riggs is now there for him emotionally, which yeah. Riggs has been there for him before, uh, but but really being there for him emotionally in that scene that that that's one of my favorite scenes I think in the film, just because it's a it that it's earned right over mm-hmm. over two other films that that moment is earned for number one for. Because Murtaugh has taken Riggs into his family and, and Riggs has healed, still a little crazy, but Mm-mm. Riggs is healed enough where he can now be there for somebody. Exactly. And just the exchange that they have. And again, I'll, I'll mention one of the quotes when we get to quotes, but I, I thought that scene was quite, quite lovely and earned. 
when uh, Riggs kisses the internal affairs lady, um, Cole, uh, right away, because I watched this with my wife. My wife was like, she's going to die. <laughs> well, I was just, thinking the same thing. Yeah. I was like, mm. she ain't going to make it. <laughs> you, you, honey. There's a track record here. <laughs> There's a track record here. As it ended so well for this guy's uh, his partners. His love interests. Yeah. Yeah, any more? Uh, I do, yes. So this is uh, when when Murtaugh steps into the bathroom and his son is, is shaving. And, uh-huh. and Murtaugh says, no, son, you gotta, you know, go with the grain. I, I remember seeing that scene somewhere. Yeah. And just him talking to his son, no, you gotta go with the grain. He shows him, you know, shows him how to shave. It was just, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a touching moment. It's a father with his son. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's his son kind of giving him that relief saying that, you know, he didn't, didn't blame his dad, you know, but he that he blamed his friend. He knew his friend made made. I blame Daryl. <laughs> yeah, like you know, like knew his friend messed because I'm you know, behind you now. I'm like, it's just cool. It's cool seeing this this black dad with his family. Yeah, and it's just it's just cool to see. You no, know, that was on the big screen. It's like that's true. Man, this is this is pretty powerful. Yeah. This is. I agree. We got to because we got we don't see those images, you know. Even though we know they exist, mm-hmm. <laughs> we've experienced them. Yes, sir. But uh, you know. Propaganda wise, we don't get to see it. Yeah, no, is, is that me? No, that's me. That's me. But yeah, so that's the. Uh, 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 it's a beautiful scene, man. Beautiful scene. I like the. Um, there another payoff. Uh, Riggs is trying to show Murdoch how to do a like spinning roundhouse kick. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you know, when whenever Murtaugh gets serious and he asks Riggs something and wants him to keep it quiet. You know, Riggs has always got an angle. He's always going to do something <laughs> to embarrass Murtaugh, yeah. especially when they're in the the, the kind of the bullpen yeah. of the police station. It's like, yeah. okay, it's not going to go well. Yeah, man, that that was hilarious because because he set him up too. Because like the first, he was just like, uh, let, me, let me show you how to do you know the spinning you know spinning kick or whatever. And he started way too advanced. Like yeah, he was like, no, nah. he was like, no, no, no. And then he's like, well, I guess we can't show old doll new tricks. Wait, wait, whoa, wait, wait, son, of a bitch, or <laughs> whatever he said. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh dog oh dog and so Riggs got him like he knows how to <laughs> to reel him in <laughs> every time <laughs> so he reels him in and shows him how to do it he fails miserable kicks over the Ozarka bottle and it's like falling on a ground the water cooler <laughs> yeah. and the office the whole office is watching they just break out in laughter yeah it's like oh man it's, got you got you again Murtaugh and we see it later pay off because he's going up against a bad guy he does a spinning kick wow dude some bitch it worked <laughs> and then the guy falls down but he's still alive so he's oh shit he gets a gun and shoots the guy stay down yeah <laughs> like uh, uh, Danny Glover plays plays a role so well yeah. it's uh it it's it it, t- it takes that 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 back and forth that combination yeah. of him kind of playing, playing up, oh, like, like he's old, but he's, it's you gotta be sharp to make make that work. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, another memorable scene for me is when they start going on their their manhunt. When they start trying to find find the find Travis, and mm. they're just that the montage of them just. Oh, so that that does remind me of another deleted scene. So when they initially, obviously they go to the first kind of gangster kid, and that's when Murtaugh mentions, you know, genocide. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we cut to 
that that middleman that we've been seeing work with Travis. Uh, oh, Tyrone. Tyrone. Yeah. Right. We see Tyrone, and we see him reaching for his gun, and then Murtaugh grabs his arm, and he, where's his gun come from? I need to know. So then, the in the then this may have been in your streaming version, but they then take that guy and they have his face next to a, oh, a yeah. car. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's in, that's, that's, that's in the movie. That's digital footage on mine. Oh my god! Yeah, that that yeah. was legit too because it also it also shows a camaraderie of all Cole. Of yeah, yeah, because because he got the the she's, car in reverse. Yeah, she's, rev- like, she's steady revving it. Yeah, and then, at the end she goes in reverse. Then they say woman driver. Yeah, you know it's like and that guy gives a name and passes out. <laughs> Freaking Tyrone. Yeah, all all the because it's only three additional scenes, so I guess yeah. they were able to just and it's streaming. So yeah, mm, throw on in. Yeah, and they're all done well, so why not? Sir. Um that's all I have for my favorite or memorable scenes. Oh, I've got two more. So mm-hmm. I call it the police captain shock kick. Uh-huh. So when they're in the in the, the LA subways, yeah. which are a real thing, those are things those those were really being developed mm-hmm. and the the police captain is getting away and he Kicks that guy, and that guy lands on the, the, the dreaded third rail. Yeah, yeah, oh, gets, yes. gets electrocuted. I was like, get him, Captain. Yeah, that looked like it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's dead. <laughs> He's done. Uh, and then lastly, just, you know, and this is a, a trope, right? When you have somebody in a bulldozer coming at you, and, you, ah. and, you're, and you're, you're shooting at them, but... I love that that Murtaugh again. It's the payoff, right? Yeah. The armor piercing rounds. Murtaugh those rigs, throws in the gun, and rigs pow 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 shoots shoots through the the bulldozer armor and <laughs> lights up Travis. I'm like, huh? Oh, teamwork, teamwork. And that's it for my favorite or memorable scenes. Time for tropes. Um, we talked about it earlier, but save the cat. Ha ha! Literally, I have a big explosion open opening. I have uh, the black comic relief, and we see that with uh, the security guard lady slash probably a cop. Um, other films could be like, uh, did you ever see Money Talk with, uh, what's the guy's name? Chris Tucker and Martin, Sh- Martin, not Martin. Martin Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen, you're right, Martin Sheen's much yeah. older. <laughs> He's the father. So Charlie Sheen plays a straight guy, and Chris Tucker's like, oh, come on, man. Da-da-da-da. He's the color <laughs> <laughs> He's bringing the color commentary. Yeah, color. And mm. so, in this, you know, Danny Glover's playing the the straight guy, and she's doing all the color. Indeed, but in Lethal Weapon, it's like reverse because a lot of the times, Murtaugh's a straight man, and Mel Gibson is is the color. Uh, He's so wild. Yeah, but just like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, hilarious. Uh, but like th- that's like their only when the black comedy come in is like. That's all they're there for is to uh-huh. provide that silliness. Yes, sir. So another one I have is Riggs. It's just a trope. Riggs hanging off a vehicle on the freeway, <laughs> which is during that same scene with, with uh, our, our sister who's the comic relief. And we've seen this trope tons of times. You hit the brakes and the bad guy flies through the window and then he's under arrest. Mm. Or dead, depending on what kind of movie it is. True, true. I have Riggs runs first and asks questions later. Damn. Like Riggs, he's he's up there with Tom Cruise for like steady running. Damn. He runs a lot in these in these films, Damn. and he's always chasing for no after reason. Cars. Like he doesn't have to, and like he's gonna every time he's like, "You stupid!" Like uh, was in the part? second one. Get your slow button. <laughs> 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 
But he's literally trying to run down vehicles. But but even in this in this instance that I'm thinking of is when Murtaugh is trying to get some change to put it in the meter mm. and Riggs sees his daughter and some guy kind of robbing her yeah. and just boom, beelines it. Now again, it's a noble effort because he thinks that she's legitimately in danger. Only to see that it's a movie set. And that could be a trope because I think we've seen that before. Where yeah, somebody interrupt, interrupts interrupting a, a, movie, a movie, interu- interrupting a shot. Like, how did you not see the big van, the generator, the camera crew, the people seeing direct? It's, you know what I mean? Like, how do yeah. you not see all that? You just see, okay. Tunnel vision. You okay. Just. All right. Um, boys to men playing at a funeral. Ooh. <laughs> we've been here before. It, it Usually that song would hit. You know what I mean? Sad. Mm-hmm. But because there was no connection with this character outside of him just being the villain, it didn't hit the same way. Now, if you've been hanging out with a character for a little while, sure. and all that, and then all of a sudden they do the boys, man, oh, that'll get you. That'll get you. And of course, this is 92. So this song was, I didn't know at the time, but a remake mm-hmm. of uh, from Cooley High. But the song, that's right. It's so hard to say goodbye that's right. to yesterday. But it was, it was, that was, that was, that was a big, it was a big hit for Boys to Men in, in 92. Absolutely. Boom, 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 Anyway, but yeah, so that's, I always love hearing, love hearing Boys to Men. One of my, one of my favorite groups all time. I mean. Uh, so uh, another trope I have just, uh, uh, seen at, at the police shooting gallery, shooting range, I should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, another trope. Um, oh, hero shot. Riggs on a motorcycle coming towards the camera through the smoke. Through the smoke. We've seen that in uh, Terminator. Oh, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Come on. Or it could have been the, the, the T2. No, no. Was it T2000? Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever that was. Yes, sir. I got the theme of the crooked cop. Oh, dang. <laughs> this makes me think of. Like the more I see of Lethal Weapon, I I see kind of tropes that are in in Bad Boys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that huh. I didn't realize how much it had borrowed from from this. That's all I have for tropes. You got any more? Yes, I do. Uh, I put a female cop sleeps with a male cop, or male cop sleeps with a female cop. Mm. Mm. Fraternizing. Yes. <laughs> um, I have a. Uh, Big fall slash near death experience, dude. And once again, no locked doors at the Murtaugh house. Bro, how does Leo Getz get into your bedroom? He's got a key to the house. He's been showing off the place, so he's got. You got a point. Yeah, total access. Got a point. But even then, when when Murtaugh is in the bath in the bathroom, he doesn't lock the door. Dude, I'm like, bro, what's going on? Okay. <laughs> All right, we're going for it, I guess. Don't buy the lock of the doors. <laughs> we don't need locks. <laughs> no lock doors around here. That's it. That's all I have for quotes. <laughs> all right, now it's time for quotes. Uh, one quote I have is like they always say. They say this in the other films. Will you shut up? Like they, they Riggs and Martel kind of switch off saying that. Hmm. Uh, this is the very beginning, right as Riggs wants to go into the building. Martel says, "I've got." Eight days until retirement, and I will not make a stupid mistake. Dang. 
which is almost a, a, a trope. Someone saying they're not going to do something, and eh, yeah. they do it. Um, when the crooked cop, who we later find out was a crooked cop, at the time we didn't know it was a crooked cop, we're we're kind of following along this new construction of all this real of these uh, residential homes, and uh, we're following him and Tyrone, and he's walking with Tyrone. Um, as they go to kill this other guy using concrete, mm. uh, he tell he says, Tyrone, nobody wants to live next to people like you anymore, Tyrone. You're a menace to society. He does say that. I was like, who wrote this? Mm. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Richard Donner, who wrote this? <laughs> I need to rewrite. Unbelievable. So anyhow, so yeah, all that stuff. I'm like, they're kind of going out of the way to push this thing. Mm. Um, like first off, who are you to say this? And you're a crooked cop, bro. What are you talking about? Well, he said to me, he's saying it very kind of to a certain degree, tongue in cheek. Like he knows he's being facetious with it, knowing that he's a part of the criminal element. Unbelievable. Um, so this is once once Merton Riggs get knocked down to beat cop status after the million dollar debacle of this explosion of this building they they catch a guy jaywalking yeah and this guy's just giving them crap and they won't doesn't want doesn't have his id on him all this kind of stuff and Riggs just kind of loses his patience and pulls out his gun he's like get out of the way Raj we can make it look like a suicide I'm like what the heck? I don't know it just struck me as funny I'm like it's this guy but they, they end up just scaring the scaring the crap out of this guy but he's like get out of the way Raj we can make it look like a suicide dang <laughs> yeah, they was having fun. Yes, sir. Um, when um, Jack, you know, infiltrates the the police headquarters for the person that's being detained, which is Billy, he comes in there and he's like, the dude's, Billy's like, Jack. Jack's like, hey, Billy. Shoots him. Bye, Billy. <laughs> oh, man, he cold. He cold. He's walking away. Did you, did you get what you did? No, it's a dead issue. Like, well, dang. Uh, this is again with Murtaugh and Riggs on the boat, and Riggs is trying to trying to cheer up Murtaugh, but then they they end up kind of arguing it, and Riggs says Murtaugh's being selfish. Mm. He says, "Don't you get it? We're partners. What happens to you happens to me." Yeah. Wow, man! Like he's he's getting to the heart of it. You know, it's like, oh man, this is this is good, good stuff. I I, I love that. Uh, to get get down to the to nitty gritty, how Riggs feels mm-hmm. feels about all of this hmm. feelings. Uh, as Riggs and Cole, they're kind of you know being introduced to each other, and Riggs is like being like just a jerk to her or whatever because she's internal affairs. Um, and she's like, "Excuse me," she said, "Excuse me, cute stuff." And then you know, as she's kind of getting upper hand of everything that's going on, he doesn't like it. And he says. Okay, our stuff is done. After, of course, uh, Jack, uh, Billy has been shot. So, basically, Murtaugh and Riggs is no longer needed on this case because their key witness is he's yeah. dead. <laughs> so, she was like, okay, so why you can go beat your street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Innuendo. Uh, yeah, that was great. I, I don't remember if, if Riggs or Murtaugh said this. I think it's, I think it's actually at, at the very end when after they've shot through the through the bulldozer, and uh, that he said, you know, ex ex cop killers, like the, the bullet, like the bullets themselves. Like, uh huh. These are, are ex cops killers. Ex cop killers. Huh. 
um, when uh, we're reintroduced to Leo Getz at the uh, police headquarters, Riggs like grabs both of his cheeks and he's like, yeah. And then uh, Leo's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't let the earring fool don't you. Do it, <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, so he's going to kiss him. And he's like, don't let the earring fool you. Uh, this is at the very end. This is once again, once uh, Cole is on the stretcher and she has an oxygen mask and, and Riggs is there and confessing his, his, his love for her. But before that, he says, you know, why do you, why do you do these things? Why do you run in there? Which almost sounds like he's talking about himself. Yeah. But, and he says, you're supposed to grow old with someone, not because of them. No, that's it. You're supposed to grow old with someone, not because of them. Or not be yeah. I just, I I just dug the way he he, uh, he said that. Mm. I'm like that's that's pretty pretty powerful there, guy. Um, when Riggs is kind of confessing to Murtaugh that you know he might have slept with somebody he shouldn't have and then gets punched over the side of the <laughs> boat. <laughs> What'd you punch me for? Uh, and he said I slept, I slept with Sergeant Cole. And then <laughs> all of a sudden Murtaugh's like, oh, that's oh okay. you, 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 he said right. that's, that's, that's okay. That's okay. Like he's telling them that's okay. No, it's not okay. But as long as it's not his daughter, it is okay. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's all I have for quotes. All right. Okay. What do we got here? Okay. All right. Oh, uh, when. Okay. Disclaimer. A little colorful language. Yep. <laughs> Maybe I'll say it or not. I don't know. Anyhow, um, when. Leo gets we're, he's coming to after uh, everything happens at the hockey and all that stuff. He comes into the, the headquarters and the lady stops him at the beginning. He's like, you don't have a pass. Um, and then it's like, here's my fucking pass. I got shot in the line of duty. And then he shows his arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they like, yeah, he, then they say Riggs and all that. He's with us. He's like, okay. 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 And he's like, basically that's his way of calming down right. after it. Cause he goes up and down, up and down. And then he got, he has to say, okay, okay. To kind of calm his own self down. So yes, it's kind of interesting how his character works. <laughs> um, well, Hmm. Hmm. Uh, there was at the end of the movie, uh, we see, uh, uh, um, the villain is a Jack. Yep. Um, and he tells uh, Riggs, go to hell. Then Riggs is like, you first. <laughs> All this while the fire's in the background. Like, ooh, that's a little dark. Mm. <laughs> um, and then over and over again, Murtaugh always says, son of a bitch. Like, especially when he was he referring said, to his partner. He <laughs> son of a bitch. Lot. So he, he says, says it in way. different, like, different tones, different ways he says, yeah. son of a bitch. And so he, at the end of the film, he throws an axe because he has a gun. So he throws an axe at the villain, hits him in the heart, and he's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, just the way he said it, it's like a new tone, a new way that he says it. It's just, he's like, find different ways to say this one line over mm. and over again. It's hilarious. Um, uh, Leo gets when he <laughs> he he's explaining like the hospital and all that stuff, and he talked about this when we first met him in, in Lethal Weapon Two. In the drive through, yes, in the drive through, it did. He said, "You know what? I, you know what I always like to say." And they're like, "What? They fuck you. They fuck you in the hospital. <laughs> you go in, they drug you, and they fuck you, and then you get out, they give you drugs, and they fuck you over again, and then the insurance comes and they continue up." <laughs> so it's. Just- he is on one with this. Dude. Oh, but it's hilarious. I died laughing what I said because of his delivery. He's like, you know what I like to say. And then he just, boom, just he goes, goes in. in. 
I was like, oh yeah, he did the same thing in part two. Same thing. They they they're very good at at carrying the the gags. Yeah, and the payoff, like it, it like again, Riggs Riggs shoulder dislocation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Riggs Riggs, you know, over being over protective of his daughter. Yeah. Leo and his, uh, you know, they they f you in the drive through, they f you in the the hospital. Yeah, they 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 continue with the with the payoffs. That is funny. Um, do you have any questions for uh, our filmmakers? I do have a couple of questions. Bill, please have a seat, Mister Mister Donna. Um, first question is: How is Riggs not fired? For real, there are mistakes in the line <laughs> of duty, respectively, but um, you blatantly disregard that the bomb squad is on their way. Yeah, you go in and you cause a major, complete yeah. building. Fully functional building to Damn. collapse, endangering the lives of however many people. Damn. Even if it was evacuated, that's major negligence. And Lord knows how much how much money it costs for that building. It's got to be in the millions. Yeah. 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 He should be fired. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, secondly, I asked. Wait, this. to go with that, mm-hmm. um, they are... <laughs> Reselling guns to the streets in their department, <laughs> like yeah, all of the um, what is it? Evidence? All the evidence is being sold back to the street. So I mean, there's a lot of things going on at this department. There's, there's some, yeah, some corruption for sure. And they 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 have it boiled down to just one cop doing it. Like, yeah. In uh, in real life, and you know, this is more more recent news. Uh, since uh, Mexico and California, they're right there on the border. There have been a whole department selling guns to the cartels mm. um, as a way to get rid of their evidence. You know, their evidence room. Like, you don't see these guns until these guys come back. And you're like, where do they get all these guns from? Mm. Confiscated guns from the police department in California. Wow. That's something that's still happening. So, I wrote this question before I saw it later on in the film. It seemed relevant at the time, but I was like, what happened to Riggs' martial arts skills? Because in the first Lethal Weapon... You know, he has this fight with, with Gary Busey at the end, and he's, you know, triangle hold, and, like, yeah, they're, like, working it. Yeah, because Lethal Weapon is basically him, right? He's the Lethal Weapon, correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the sense that I got. Yeah. But, yeah, now he's more, like, kind of just, you know, haymakers and uppercuts and yeah. headbutts. Like, it's more kind of meat and potatoes, like, you know, like, kind of just brawling. Yeah. But, you know, he, he does show Murtaugh the spinning roundhouse. Yeah. But that's like the extent of it. He's not really like flexing the skills. We, nope. know, we know he's a sharpshooter. But, yeah, I'm like, eh, I wasn't seeing much of your martial arts skills. Yeah. I don't know about this lethal weapon thing. Yeah. You're yeah. a dangerous weapon, maybe. Yeah. But not, 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 not too lethal. Maybe a crazy weapon. You're a <laughs> wild weapon. I think wild weapon maybe. more. Yeah, wild weapon is more appropriate. But it's already branded, so you got to. A crazy oh. weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Looney weapon. <laughs> so anyway, it's that that just that crossed my mind. Mm. Those are all my questions. Thank you, Mr. Donna. Rest in peace. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. That's there's a lot of like there's there's buzz that a lethal weapon five will will be made and apparently that Mel Gibson may di- direct it. That'll be good. Yeah. They'll be old. They are be. Yes. 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 <laughs> I think it would have to be, I mean, we haven't watched watched four yet, but I think it'll be Martaw coming out of retirement. Not even out of retirement. He doesn't have to be an officer. Dude, he, Mer- Danny Glove is so old right now. We yes. saw him in uh, the last black man in San Francisco. Like, he 
played the elderly man. Like he's he's in his eighties. Yeah, if not mistaken. Yeah. They they did a tribute. This is before Donner passed away. They did a tribute to him, and they went to a, they had an event. And they were both. There. I was like, oh man, hey. <laughs> 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 they are old. I mean, because even you see Gibson now, I mean, you know, got all no gray. Oh, yeah. all gray. Like, wow. But yeah, they and they were they were kind of riffing off each other, whatever. And, and interesting enough, like Mel kind of apologized about you know, kind of the you know the pack of you know. Yeah. Oh, he apologized about that. He, he didn't say, but he's like, I'm, I'm sorry. But he said, I'm, I'm sorry. I was like, mm. what are you sorry for? <laughs> say it. You said it on TV. <laughs> Say it now. <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, but there's rumors that uh, Mel would uh, direct uh, *Lethal Weapon*. <laughs> Dang it, Mel. Uh, yeah, complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> I had to say it. <laughs> I had to say it. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, those are all the questions that I had. Trivia! What you got for trivia? Because I have zilch. I got you. All right, so originally the fourth member of the main actors mm. was supposed to be uh, a, a, not not a female, not a woman, nor a love interest for Riggs. Mm. They were just supposed to be a new character that they introduced that's likable, you know, affable, oh. skilled. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, that's kind of like a young blood. Oh, I actually like that they brought in a woman. Agreed. Um, you need like sometimes like having too much dudes around. It's like all right, we're done here. Because um, men act differently around women too, and so it gives their character more stuff to do. Um, uh, maybe the person, w- which was the young blood, was the guy who died at the end. The twenty-two year old that got shot with the yeah. cop killer. Maybe they just here again some of our script. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. Uh, also, Richard Donner's wife actually plays the nurse in the scene where Leo's in the hospital. She's the nurse that's got, okay. got his arm. Okay. It's Donner's wife. And she, she was pinching. Every time you hear, hear Leo, you'd hear Leo yell. That was her kind of pinching him Dang. to get that reaction. <laughs> uh, so, actually, Mel Gibson stayed on set and recorded a series of videos. Yeah. That that he, he turned it to like some kind of art kind of stuff that that was later released by Warner Brothers. I didn't get a chance to look, look them up. They may be on YouTube, mm-hmm. but Richard Donner said that was kind of the introduction, or he knew that Mel wanted to become a director because he constantly stayed around on set, would would would, would ask Donner questions, even give some oh. suggestions. But yeah, that was kind of the smart opening kind of birth of him. You know, wanting to direct smart but they were like a series of videos i think based on, on like from Riggs's perspective they were kind of like weird and, and zany but mm. interesting uh donner doesn't like to do films about bad or crooked cops but it made sense for the story uh what was it did he say the reasoning why or is it just a pet peeve or is it just something I just said, maybe I just so, like doing it yeah so the way he didn't doesn't like to portray and like cops in in that line i guess but uh, but Interesting. but they had a lot of they, since they they filmed all the lethal weapons in L A. They had worked closely with the police department yeah. and they had a lot of support and yeah. and the guy asked him well how did the they how did the you know uh, LAPD feel about you doing a film about a cricket cop was, you know, they they were fine with it you know, they, mm. they they were cool with it you should see what we really do oh nineties <laughs> oh Rodney King yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> they were fine. 
What kind of crooked cops? Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> so, um, I, already, I just mentioned that last tip that the film was shot in LA with a lot of cooperation. Uh, Donner likes to talk a lot over scenes, and sometimes editors get mad at him because they can hear him talking over the scenes because he's at times he's giving direction to his actors. He may, he may, oh, I see what you're saying. He may throw in a, a suggestion. Uh, if he feels the scene's not working, he may say, oh, the telephone's ringing. And he said he can do that. He can do that with, with Glover and with Gibson. Mm-hmm. And Mel will pick up the phone and stay in character and act like, okay, a certain scenario is unfolded. Mm-hmm. He'll roll with it. He'll react accordingly. and then Give that off to Danny and they'll, they'll, they'll be able to go with it. No problem. And so, yeah, sometimes editors get pissed at him because he's talking over the, over the takes. Oh, okay. So he's talking over it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can see that. And as so... I can see how that can be frustrating because maybe that little one second pause. Uh huh. Oh, I need that. I can use that for like some tension. But if that pause is happening, he's like, "Oh, uh, let's do that again." But try with da 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 da. And then, <laughs> like, God, that was a good take. Blasted dick. <laughs> Damn you, Donna. But thanks for the job. Mm. So here is what it might be trivia, mm. but I don't know if you saw the way to the end of the credits. Yeah. actually a post credit scene. Yeah, bro. Like, I just so happen to keep playing it. And the reason I played it is because at the very at the beginning of the credits, they keep talking with the clouds. Mm-hmm. And then so I just have it playing in the background, not expecting an end sequence. Likewise. But they're talking. So I was just like, oh, that's different. And I didn't catch it the first time. But at the, the second time at the end with the commentary, yeah. it, I'd, I'd let it play. Because... I mean, credits now, credits on these things are quick compared to, like... Oh, uh, all the CGI oh, and all man. that alone. Those artists, <sighs> yeah. forget about it. Even for, like, TV shows, it's like, oh, these are... <laughs> anyway, so... But, yeah, I'm like, man, is this one of the first post credit scenes? Because mm. this is 92. Yeah. This was not a common thing to have any kind of post credit scene. Yeah. So, anyway, I, I, this this is one of the early post credit scenes in films. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Yes, sir. But that's all I had for trivia. Now it's time for Filmmaker Tips. What you got? So I mentioned this before, but look for a city that maybe, or city hall notifications about <laughs> buildings that need to be destroyed. And you can then use those and work those into your script if you need to make destruction or have destruction or demolition. But also you can switch up your approach. Typically that big building explosion is something you would use towards the end of the film or in a post credit like they did, but they switched it up and they used it at the very beginning of the film. Also, you can walk a thin line between camp and humor, especially when you're portraying situations that are larger than life. But if you stay in the framework of the reality that you've created within your your movie, your film, your show, then you should be fine. Okay. Also, uh, Lethal Weapon as far as from a storytelling standpoint, typically doesn't really follow a set formula. Its story often revolves around the characters themselves, and that's what they, they build the stories out of. Like with this one again, the father mm-hmm. keeping uh, you know keeping his his son from uh, going down the wrong path. Yeah. Uh, also, Donner likes to have a, a a a meeting where they block the scenes. Yeah. And then uh, a rehearsal. But typically, he likes to keep improv limited in rehearsals. Otherwise, like the kind of will go on and on and on. Yeah. But he makes an exception when he works with Danny uh, Glover and Mel Gibson. Probably because they're getting some good material out of that. And like, oh, mm-hmm. ooh, write that down, write that down. Yeah, we're going to talk about that one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, last two. No, I already mentioned that. Uh, 
So lastly, when it does come to improv, he's he's okay with improv during the the, the shooting, but he says it's a matter of finding the right actors who can do it because not every actor can. So when yes, he when yeah. he is like, hey, okay, the phone's ringing, some actors like, wait, cut, I don't I don't I don't get it. Like what, what am I supposed to be doing? Not every actor can That's do that. Some need the security of, of the actual lines, but Gibson, Glover, they can go. Okay. That's what I had for filmmaker tips. This one was a good one. Uh, what do you kind of rate this this one, this film uh, comparative with one, two, and three? Do you have like a particular order? Oh man, uh, I feel they keep getting better. Yeah, I feel like yeah, it's improving. And it's that's not shade to the other ones, but it's it, it as, as the years go by, they grow. Again, I didn't grow up watching all of them. Yeah, but looking back. Yeah, but they but they they mature and they're growing and they're 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 growing into the time and the and the era. So we've gone from the eighties now in the early nineties, and yeah, so they're improving. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we got we got one left. But yeah, I've I've, I've really been enjoying these. I, I enjoy the the characters. I I again I I love that the same actors that have played the the roles of Danny Glover's family yeah. and the relationship between Riggs and, and Murtaugh. Uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been good. I think I agree. Two and three kind of neck to neck. Sure. Three just kind of peeking over just a little bit. Just to tap. But yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, su- I'm, again. I think I like two. No, I think, I don't know. That's dealing with the South African. I, I think, man, I mean, they're dealing with real issues too. Yeah, two and three for me. Mm-hmm. I've, again, I've been impressed with just how much like the emotional depth that yeah. that depth that depth that's in all three films. Wow, these are these are these are grand. Like the the motivations of of these characters are are good. That they 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 ring true. And it's again, the think about bad boys in that partnership between you know Mike Lowry and. Uh, Marcus, what's Marcus's last name? I don't know. Mike Lowry. Uh, yeah, that. <laughs> Marcus. And <laughs> whoops. Bad boys, bad boys. Well, nonetheless, but I see, I see, I see this this uh, buddy cop relationship, and yeah, I, I I like it. It's it's cool, and again, and the fact that race is there, but it's not like super in your in your face. Um, like what aspect? So again, even like between these two, like again the oh between yeah, there's they're just yeah. cop. They're just when it comes to them two, it's just they're just cops. Mm-hmm. You know, again like there's one mention like where where Rick says you know you know refers to uh, Murtaugh's being black, and that's a little a little rhyme that he makes, and that's yeah that was less weapon yeah, too and the, yeah in the second one, but that one felt like that was more like race like. You know, in in general, they kind of exactly approached it because of the just apartheid and all that stuff. They were kind of mm-hmm. kind of going out the way to make sure they addressed race. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's these have been enjoyable. I've, I've been I've been surprised, pleasantly surprised. I'm looking forward to, <laughs> to the to the fourth one, which I think I'm I I I'm going to go on a limb. I think I did see the fourth one. I think I actually saw that one in theaters because that one would have come out when I was in high school. I remember Jet Li being in it. Jet Li was that Chris, dude. And, Jet Li was that dude. And Chris, Chris Rock. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, Chris Rock is in there. Yeah, I remember the trailers. He's like, yeah, he's, he's reading somebody the rights, and he's like, if you if you you're you, you have the right to an attorney, if you if you call Johnny Cochran, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Yeah, Chris Rock. Everybody, hey, it's Chris. <laughs> Gotta love it, sir. Uh, next time we're gonna dive into Lethal Weapon. Four. Yeah, and you can catch us where? Facebook.com forward slash filmmaker commentary, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. We're on Twitter. He is at Reggie Titus. I'm at KCG Smith32. We are on the gram at Filmmaker Commentary. He is at Reginald Titus Jr. I'm at KCG Smith32. Until next time. Peace. Respect. <laughs>